he hasn't produced. Work and wait. Come kick it in the break room. And here we go. Welcome in. This is the break room brought to you by the Breakdown Sports. My name's Tommy Kershelly. Joining me, as they always will be, is Rex and Sam. Gentlemen, how we doing at our East underscore easy with a Z. Rex, how are you? Good, man. Just a nice Monday night. Got some, all right, college basketball on. But as regardless, the breakdown sports is killing it in Super Bowl week. So it's a good week. Sam, how about you, my friend? Doing pretty good. Uh, just kind of riding out the snowstorm in the Midwest. Kind of ha- had a snow day vibe today, so it's been nice, nice, relaxing. Dude, how good were snow days back in the day? I'm in Cleveland, so like it, for me, we would get you know three or four a year. But man, those things were just elite. Yeah, I mean, getting or working in landscaping like I have for the last few years, snow days or snows like my hell, pretty much. So I it, never even it, thought about that. Go, going back and like, we, I, I hope one day I get like some adult snow days just to get that feeling back. They do not exist anymore. The work from home life, you can't even use the excuse. I'm not used to working at it. We've been here for almost a year now. It's just precipitating outside differently than usual. It fucking blows. You used to get ready. <laughs> Get with the boys. You guys would either squat up on COD 2 or Modern Warfare 1 or Modern Warfare 2 and lock in for the day, or you just go sledding and cause some commotion. And now you're just stuck here at your kitchen table or your makeshift desk working. So it's a real flip on the head from how fun snow days used to be. Fuck, man. I used to love – we had a, we had a little uh, – we have an elementary school like two, two uh, like minutes from my house, and it wasn't where I went to school, but they had a nice little sledding hill right from the side to all every snow day we'd head up to green valley and we'd we'd make that make a nice little run out of that thing get those cardboard boxes like the little league world series oh yeah cardboard boxes or we go buy like the the 99 cent dog shit saucer sled from the local grocery store it just has a fucking (laughs) pile of them right right next to the carts it's (laughs) just a trash can lid it's just a trash can lid with shittier material (laughs) that's all it is it's a trash can lid without the handle on the bottom. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's Super Bowl week. Um, I mean, Bucks and Chiefs, I feel like it's been talked to, to death from all the X's and O's standpoint. But when you guys are approaching this game, you know, Rex, you look at the Chiefs offense, they're so explosive. Do you see any way that the Bucks can stop that explosive offense? So I guess we kind of have a rematch of what was it week 12 where the Bucks yeah. hosted the Chiefs and went 27 to 24 to the Chiefs. So that's kind of like right where you see the spread on. And I mean, Mahomes threw for 462 yards, three tutties, zero interceptions, and Brady threw two picks and they were still in that game. So I 100% can see the Bucks pulling this one out after already having the tape on it. They might have not, I want to say an upper hand, but they know what they got to do to pull this out since they were so close the last time. Sam, when, obviously we're going we're gonna to dive into the X and O's. We're going to dive into gambling more uh, on, on the, the, uh, the second issue or second edition of, of, the, of the pod this week. But when you look at the Bucks offense, if you had to circle one guy on this team and say this is the key to beating the Chiefs, I'm going to exclude Tom Brady. Who is the guy? Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. Keep the offense balanced, man. I mean, I, I, I don't think that the game in week 12 was necessarily as close as the final score indicated. I mean, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in the first quarter uh, of that game. So, I mean, I think the Chiefs kind of let off the gas a little bit, and it was in that stretch where they just kind of let everybody back in the game. So, I mean, I – I think if it's anything like the first half it was in that in the week 12 matchup, this could be a wrap pretty quick for the Bucks. Now, let's talk about it from a fun perspective. How often do you guys flip-flop your pick during Super Bowl week? Because I feel that more than usual, I've been going back and forth this week. What is, do you guys often do that, or am I just crazy? I love trying to find the dogs just because the plus money value on any gambling bet is the side I always like to lean to first. 
But going against Mahomes ain't fun. Even though his ATS streak that's currently going on, you can't give much into it because you know this Bucks offense is going to put up 35-plus points. So can Tom Brady put up that much in a Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't, I don't – I mean, he's lost one – Mahomes lost one start in his last, I think, 24 or something. So it's hard to go against that. I've been on the Chiefs pretty much the whole time. I don't think I, – there's nothing that the Bucks have done or any news that has come out that has made me think the Bucks can win the game. I mean, it's it's a home game, but it's not. Like, I, I just don't see a way that the Bucks pull it out. I think it's going to be fun. And like I said, I keep I keep finding myself flip-flopping because because Rex, to your point, just like betting against, against Patrick Mahomes seems like a foolish endeavor. You could also say that historically the argument goes the same for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So now it, it becomes who's the goatier of the of the current goats. And I don't think that's an answer that's going to get decided in this game. But, man, it, it, it makes it easy for me to sit here and, and, and sweat my pick out. Uh, as, as we approach the end of the week. Well, it kind of seems like when Brady goes up against elite quarterback, he just puts him to the dust. And when he goes up against a no-name or a weaker-tier quarterback, he uh, he he shits to the bed. So that's where kind of just like Tom Brady, Mahomes wants to be the quote-unquote new GOAT, where he's probably the best NFL player of all time, where it's – I mean, Brady has his rings and all. He has the prestige at this point, but – Mahomes can definitely make a huge statement this game. And at this point, I think all the quote-unquote sharp money is going to tell you to back the uh, back the Bucks. But I think you might have to lay with the Chiefs and Andy here. Yeah, I mean – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I mean, if it was Bill Belichick on, on the other sideline preparing for like facing Mahomes, I would be a lot more comfortable backing Tom Brady, but it's – Bruce Arians against Andy Reid. I mean, I'm just hoping that the overhead so that we can uh, have some, like, fun action on the game. Yeah, likewise. I want to see squares hit. I want to I, – I'm a big squares guy. And like I said, we'll get into the, to the, to the fun Super Bowl props, how to approach it gambling, what, what, what games we like to play during the Super Bowl. We can approach all that in the later episode this week. But I, I, I just want to get going. Like, I hate the week off more than anything. I can't imagine being a fan of one of these teams. Rex, you of the three of us, being an Eagles fan, have had a team in the Super Bowl most recently. How do you approach this as a fan? How does this week feel as a fan for you? One, being the underdog and being the mindset I love. It was it was the best week ever where just give me all the hate, give me all the people picking the Patriots, and just, just give it all to me because I know the birds are going to win. And as being someone who used to love Andy Reid, I just think he's learned enough at this point. And I just think Chiefs and Mahomes, I mean, it's scary what they're going to do, especially how well of a contract they gave him that they're set up for a little bit now where this is going to be the team where used to think the Patriots are in the Super Bowl every year. It's going to be the Chiefs. You still love Andy Reid. Yeah, I mean, as much as, it was just he got stale more than anything else. He was still a good coach. He was getting shit done. He got he had a terrible season, and that was like the perfect writing on the wall to get him out. But if you want the most players-friendly coach and probably the most fun coach of a fan to support, Andy Reid's your guy. Him and T.O. had a bet where Andy Reid would show up in spandex or hardtails if he caught 16 touchdowns in that one season. And Andy Reid showed up in it. The picture never got out because – that was in like 2005 and not today's NFL. But just imagine the of Andy Reid making a bet with T.O. saying, I'll wear spandex if you catch this many Super Bowls, and he does it on a broken leg. Like, you can't get much more of a coach's coach guy than Andy Reid. Yeah, I love Andy Reid. And as, I, as a fan, I think I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs, but I'm just rooting for fun and, and, and good action, like Sam was saying. So – Going back to what I said about this week, we had the Pro Bowl this past Sunday. I'm starting to go off script here. Did you guys watch the Pro Bowl at all? If you didn't, fine. I just I just want to know. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl since probably like 2006. So, I, I this this playing it on Madden is not gonna get my eyeballs on the TV. So, Rex, how about you? 
I can say I'm that much of a degenerate and just like betting that I've watched the Pro Bowl enough, but this season was the one that did it for me where it's just like you're just going to player interview the entire time. And as someone who likes and enjoys their video games that much, watching a Madden sim isn't going to do it for me. I'm sorry as much as it is. Madden's as broken as it could possibly be. You're not going to get me to watch a Madden sim of a Pro Bowl. Well, so that's kind of what I was getting at is Madden is broken as shit. And, you know, me kind of getting more into the gaming space here over the past month, it made me realize how frustrating it can be to watch a bad sim. And I, I tuned in for all of four plays, in which point eight people, there's four AFC, four NFC, and they all started screaming at once. I'm like, and I, I looked at the screen, I'm like, how? In God's green earth, is this entertaining to people? And I clicked it off, and I didn't go back. And I thought you were going to say that you bet this Pro Bowl, and I was going to reach through this screen and slap your degenerate ass. <laughs> no, no. I, I'll bet on ponies. I'll bet on a bunch of – I bet on darts before. I, I like to get creative. You bet on darts? Yo, it's, a, it's 45 minutes of electric fire of people throwing darts at a board. It's a great time. If you want to <laughs> – and like 2 p.m. Thursday action, like it, it is the go-to spot. But yeah, um, betting on video games is one thing that I've just never gotten into. But yeah, there's some stuff that where if you want to try to find the fringe stuff, I've been there before. It's a good time. I mean, I bet Taiwanese baseball, so I really can't, I don't have much room to talk. But I can't say that was during quarantine. I didn't bet darts on a Tuesday afternoon in June. Dude, darts not in a not in the United States, but in England, it's a huge sport. So that's where it's kind of just like it's kind of frowned upon just from the common American fan. But yeah, betting on darts is electric. Like you do the math in your head, you're just watching people like you're just usually wasted playing darts. So now thinking about people are doing this professionally, like trying to make money, being the top in the world, it's a good time. I I had I have no idea how you would even handicap it or even go about placing a bet on it, but the clips that they release on their social media, absolute electric factory. I mean, yeah, if I, if I could like find a way to watch it and like be at home and be able to watch it, that would be something I would watch strictly for the entertainment value. If I could bottle the energy in those crowds and hook it into my veins, oh boy, would I. Yeah, the darts crowds, it's just like, how do you find, like, at least, like, it's not a lot. It's like 500 people, but they're all going blitz the entire time. It must be free beer. must be, like, dollar beer night or something. Just a good time for everyone. But the crowd is always electric pre-COVID era at darts events. All right, if I gave you a ticket to the window and said, you can fill this thing out. It's a blank check. It's, 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 like, it's like the my bookies. When they when they have the risk free betting, but you got to pay a ticket to get in the door to the darts tourney. How much are you paying to get into that thing? I'd pay like a hundred bucks to get into a. You pay a hundred bucks to watch darts, dude. I'm a huge tailgating environment person. Where if you're gonna give me an electric crowd and one that's into it the whole game and. You're going to give me beer and have an even better time. Like, I'll get into whoever. I'll find a way to back someone and get extra into it where it's just like that's where my degenerateness gets into me where if I'm going to a sporting event, there is 100% action on that game somehow. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I mean, if if it's like a whole tournament of like just a couple days worth of just that energy and that crowd, I'd probably pay 100 bucks for that too. Oh my god! I was gonna say like I was gonna say like twenty bucks at max. I mean, if it's gonna be that kind of environment and I can just like get drunk and scream and shit, like yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be a great. Oh it could be the COVID brain talking to us where we haven't been to a normal sporting event or that any sporting event over a year. That is one hundred percent. You guys haven't been in a crowd since since this time last year. I can actually say that to the day. This was the last large event I did last year. My friend got married uh, a year ago today. So happy anniversary to Liv and Brian. But Dude, I went to a fucking Knicks-Blazers game one time because I moved up to outside of New York City just to go to a sporting event and overpaid for it. But, like, just being in the crowd at a game. Go by yourself? Yeah. There's no I, better feeling. 
than I mean, there's a train in there. You literally walk up the steps in Madison Square Garden to get there. So you just pre-aimed the entire time on the train. You get back and beer, and unlike new, uh, unlike PA, you can't buy it in a like, convenience store. So I can just go get a brown bag, get a 40, drink it on my way back, call the Uber, and have a great day as it is and bet on some Knicks Blazers 12 p.m. matinee Sunday game. That's amazing. I went to a... A minor league hockey game at the key at, at uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse because the Stanley Cup was was being presented. So I went. It was a Monday afternoon. And I was off work. I just went and got after it by myself. Going to sporting games by yourself is slept on. Was it ECHL or AHL? AHL, baby, the Cleveland Monsters. All right. If it was ECHL, that's a lot more credit because that is the most glorified beer leagues of all beer leagues of <laughs> hockey that you can play in. Got to give not, respect to them. The Trenton Titans, I have a hat of them. Good team to go to. Do not disparage the Toledo Walleye, okay? The Toledo Walleye will not be slandered in this house or on this podcast. All right, the Toledo Walleye versus the Trenton Titans. It's the new beef of the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's get back on the rails here because we got off quick. Lions trade Matt Stafford to the Rams. They get in return Jared Goff, a 2021 third, a 2022 and 2023 first-round draft pick. The Rams getting only Matthew Stafford. And my question to you, Sam, is why is Sean McVay allergic to first-round draft picks? I don't know why. I mean, I guess he just doesn't want to better his team, but he's just only going to be in win-now mode for the next 30 years, I guess. I mean, I I don't know what exact – what exactly he dislikes about him so much, but he, he apparently hates him. I mean, when you think about it, Jared Goff was the last first-round pick that the Rams have used. And to me, it comes across like when you're playing Madden and you're just trying to, like you said, win now mode, and you're just like, 2023, ah, fuck it. I won't, I won't make it long that long in this franchise. Future Sean McVay problem. That's a future Sean McVay problem. I mean, it, it makes no sense why – I mean, you have golf. I don't think he was terrible. I mean, Matthew's, how much better is Matthew Stafford going to make the Rams? I would argue he makes him significantly better. Hmm. Because McVay and Goff mixed like uh, oil and vinegar. And then you, you add that to the fact that Stafford – Really hasn't had a ton of talent around him lately. To me, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say I, I heard the lately come in, and that's okay. Whatever, okay. Yeah, lately, lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, to me, this is a, like there's no loser in this trade because the Lions get valuable assets for their rebuild. The Rams get Goff's contract off the books in at least. At worst, an even trade in Matt Stafford, and they they get a little bit more cap room, and Jared Goff goes quote where he's wanted, and Matt Stafford gets out out of Detroit like he asked. To me, this is a no lose trade. What do you like? Am I wrong in any of those reactions? It's it's just tough because what Scoff won's 42 games so far in his career he's led a team to a super bowl i think it's kind of more just detroit is ultra cursed where they've had barry sanders they had megatron they had Stafford, and they've won what one playoff game in the past 20 years like legitimately 20 other teams that have been terrible franchises and incompetent franchises have won games in that time and the sole fact that you've had that many star-studded Hall of Fame, no doubt players, and only have won one playoff game shows a lot more than anything else. So I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise for Stafford because hopefully with that defense, he's competent enough to win them another playoff game because they just won one with Waffer and what nine finger golf. So if that yep. can happen, what could Stafford do for that team? Speaking of incompetent franchises, this really impacts the Houston Texans as well, because now if if Matt Stafford commanded a starting quarterback and two first rounders and a third, what is the price for Deshaun Watson? 
the, the Texans allegedly are standing firm that it's going to take at least two first rounders and two defensive starters to get Watson out of there. Do you think it's going to take more than that? Or do you think that's an accurate uh, asking price for Deshaun Watson? Well, are you asking if it was a competent organization or the Houston Texans? Because I'm asking if I'm going to work, if I'm a competent organization, I'm calling the, I'm calling on the phone right now. And you're saying two defensive starters and two future firsts? Absolutely. If I was the Texans, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even give up Watson for four firsts. But you think they will? You think two defensive starters and two firsts gets it done? If that's what they're saying, it's what it's what it's going to take to get it done. I mean, I'd throw in like a third on top of that too, just to sweeten the pot a little bit. But I mean, absolutely. Well, Bill O'Brien's no longer there, so they're trying to be a competent organization now. Hiring the oldest head coach for the first time at the oldest age might be in the wrong step in the wrong direction because I think if you got Biennemi there, Watson stays. He's not making this much commotion. But, yeah, the price tag is so far up now where four four first-rounders is probably the minimum unless you're given two star-studded defensive players to get there. If they're asking for defense, I mean, that's kind of where the strong suit is. What wide receiver do you not want there? Because Will Fuller is going to get hurt any any other play there currently. So that's kind of where if they want to load up on the defense, good for them. Maybe give J.J. Watt some guys there. But, I mean, this franchise, sorry for any fans there, it's just going to be a sad and rough time. Because if Watson wants out, who I honestly think is easily, no questions about it, a top five quarterback in the NFL you're at least giving up four first-rounders for him. Now, what if, and this has been the trade that I've kind of hypothetically floated around because it was one of the teams on uh, on Watson's apparent uh, target list. What if the Dolphins offered Tua and two firsts? I wouldn't take it. If but, I was the Texans. Oh, if you were the Texans, you wouldn't do it? No, if I was the Dolphins, absolutely. Sign me up. Rex? That's a tough one. If you put Howard in the trade, I think you have to take it because the Texans are going to be selling less than the dollar in this one, regardless of what trade they take. So if you're going to get two, two first, and if you can mix Howard in the trade, maybe you lose a first for it. But if you can get any sort of that combination of two, a Howard and any amount of first, I think at this point as Houston, you have to take it because they're legitimately thinking about benching him which might be the most groundbreaking and Twitter-breaking decision of all time if they bench him. Absolutely. I, I think you need to add either Howard or a pick, another first, because that's the only way it would work, I think. I mean – Do you think two gets, and three first gets it done? Two Howard and three first, I would do it. If it, was, if it was the two first that the Dolphins have this year and then the first next year with Tua, I'd take that in a heartbeat. What if it was what if it was 21, 22, 23? So the Dolphins retain one of their firsts this year. It would have to be the Texans old pick. Yeah. yeah so what... yeah. So I mean, if they could if they could get Tua and then draft Panay Sewell on top of that, that would be phenomenal for them. I mean, Agreed. is that the biggest like thing you can hang over? Someone's like, hey, we got your first round pick and you want to trade us a player, like, hey, we're still here. That's gotta be the most discriminating, like just yeah. Shitty ass feeling you could possibly have. I don't think would be so bad Your first pick is what, what, 59th or 57th? Like, that's how I bad so. Bill O'Brien, you gave a coach GM, and no other coach may ever get GM responsibilities because of the disaster that Bill O'Brien did to the Texans. It still boggles my mind that he. Gave away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. But but did the Cardinals make the playoffs? They did. No, oh, they, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. No, stupid. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it happened. There was zero return for it, but maybe getting the top wide receiver in all of the NFL wasn't worth it. It's not something I'm going to stand by, but – it really didn't make that Arizona team that much better, unless you're saying that's a Larry Fitz replacement and you're just happy with that. I think they improved record-wise. 
But it was it just wasn't enough because Kyler got hurt and they couldn't get over the and uh, yeah, and I would, I would, it, say, I would um, not, it wasn't much, and it wasn't enough to like be like, oh, we need you have to have a top wide receiver on your team to make the playoffs or any arguments like that. So I was it, just about to say, you look at the, at, at the most recent big name wide receivers to get traded is D Hop and OBJ, and neither of them really made significant impacts in their first year. Watch your mouth. I'm a Browns fan. What do you mean? Watch your mouth. Yeah, as an OBJ supporter, you better watch your mouth for the health part of activities. I'm a Browns fan. I, oh my gosh! Don't even, <laughs> don't even say I'm slandering my own team. Don't even do that. MLB. Just, no, sorry, no one Aaron What? I'm just, I'm just saying, watch it. No one Arenado traded from the Rockies to the Cardinals. We're switching gears except before I fight Sam. Um. <laughs> I mean, this is a big move I, in, in, in the scope of small market baseball because the Rockies made a commitment to Nolan Arenado. They inked him. They said, you're going to be a Rocky for life. And three years later, smell you. Terrible, terrible, terrible trade. That's probably the least baseball fan on our podcast. Coming from the one who had the best third baseman of all time in MLB history and Mike Schmidt, you're really going to give Arenado for that. He defensively and offensively is a player that makes a team. Maybe Colorado helped him, so I won't draft him in fantasy this year because that was my go-to first-round pick every single time. But how do you do that? The Cardinals, I think, easily won in this trade but that's me giving no prospect information there yeah i have no idea what the rockies got back for this trade but hey i mean no one is a good player i don't think it matters go ahead. because what's that i said go ahead I, I don't think it matters because when you look at nolan arenado like i mean honestly you you said it rex as a fan of of, of the team having the best uh third baseman of all time and mike schmidt no one ever thought was coming for that ass. And he's he's on his way on a, on a pretty torrid pace. And to, 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 to take him arguably at his peak in a hitter's ballpark and, and send him away, I don't think the return matters. I'm sorry to cut you off, Sam. Oh, no, I mean, you're the baseball guy here. I, I really don't have a whole lot to add, but I'll go off what you think. So go off, King fucking pisses me off i hate and, and this is partially sour grapes because because i'm dealing with the same thing right now the indians getting rid of francisco Lindor. but man i i hate when teams do this i i don't think the prospect call matters i really don't i and i, I especially because nolan arenado was the face of that franchise he's a fan favorite he was a guy that you could say when i think colorado rockies i think nolan arenado and now Say la vie. No more. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big hit for Ariado, but the Rockies were a fringe wildcard team almost every year. So I don't know if it'll do much for them, but the Cardinals is a team that's usually always breaking the playoff talk and breaking the playoff wildcard. I think it's just a huge hit for them because was their best third baseman before then, Scott Rowland? Yeah, yeah. This is definitely, I would say, even the best infielder as a whole since Scott Rowland to come through St. Louis. That pisses me off. I'm ready to switch gears already. What what, what would you give up as uh, a to get him everything? Everything? Oh, to get Arenado in Cleveland? Could, yeah, if you could package a trade to get Arenado in Cleveland, what would you do for it, especially after the Lindor deal? Mm, so the Indians are set at third base with, with Jose Ramirez. So it's also hard to to say this in Cleveland, but let's take let's 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 imagine a hypothetical world where the Indians don't have an all-star third baseman. Um, I would package our top pitcher, top pitching prospect, top hitting prospect. I would drive to Colorado to move him myself. Um, <laughs> let's see. I would. Uh, would I give him my dollar? Yeah, if it's that quality talent, you have to do it. Give him my dog? Yeah. 
I don't know, man. How much do uh, quote unquote my dog's name's Brody? I love Brody that much too, but get Ariando as the third base of the Phillies. I would do a lot for that. I love Bella. I that was my cuddle bud. That's a typical Italian dog name is Bella. She's a little beagle lab, man. She's a cutie. Um, Brody's a great name. Sam, do you got a dog? I do. Rescue German Shepherd named Kaya. Kaya or Kyle? Kaya. Oh, I thought you just named your dog after a snowboarder. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Kaya is a great name for a dog, and German Shepherd is definitely my favorite brand. Or brand. (laughs) Breed of dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got the new Nike German Shepherd. (laughs) Um, Bella's a rescue as well, so uh, love that. Um, But transitioning off of dogs to the NBA. Russell Westbrook called game against the Nets in maybe it was it was our, it was the highest over under of the year and it obliterated that total. Nets um, yeah, Nets were up five with 10 seconds left. Teams in that situation are going into that game were eight and twenty-three thousand four hundred ninety-nine. It is now nine and twenty-three thousand four hundred ninety-nine. And unbelievable. Like, the Nets went from the best defense in the NBA to the worst defense in the NBA. Rex, when you look at this Nets team, is it – obviously it's a problem right now. Is it? Do you see it continuing to be a problem? 100%. Since the Harden trade, I mean, this team hasn't let up less than 110 points since that trade. So once you get into NBA and playoff basketball where, yeah, the possessions get less, blah, 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 blah. Can you really roll out a lineup with Kyrie Harden and Durant and expect to win the series? I still think we talked about this in one of our uh, preview episodes and one of our practice episodes. The Sixers could take them. Any team that can play any sort of defense, even though how good they are, as long as you can put up over 100 on offense, you're going to be able to beat this team. This team is so short. They're so thin. If, God forbid, one of those three players get into foul trouble, it's going to be game over for that team once it gets there. Kyrie said after this game, I couldn't guard a stick. And I think that's pretty – what's the word I'm looking for? consistent throughout the team. Sam, when you look at the Nets, I mean, do you see any change coming? I don't know what they could do to, like, possibly save them. I mean, maybe get somebody that's on a vet minimum. I I don't know who they can bring in on that kind of deal with all the salaries they have around them, like, to – that that would make that big of a difference for their defense. Yeah, it's kind of just like if you can't yeah. guard – Two guards at the same damn time. What are you doing in today's NBA? Because that's where all of your scoring is coming from. Like, yeah, you got your small forwards, you got your power forwards, and you got your centers and Jokic, LeBron, uh, and B that can do that. But other than that, most of your just pure scores are coming from point guards and shooting guards. And if you can't lock down either spot, and no, Spencer Dinwiddie is not no defensive stalwart, but He's at least giving you a lot more effort than uh, Chris Chiroza, who's currently coming in for the Nets to give them some backup point guard minutes. So that's just where that trade stripped them. Houston is now the best team in defense since that trade. So I don't think that's too much of a like, hmm, that just seems to be a coincidence. Like they got a little depot in. He's not a defensive stud, but at least he gives some sort of an effort there. It's so upsetting to see NBA stands go nuts over James Harden when I've kind of seen this writing on the wall for a while. He's a guy that's gonna that needs to be a volume shooter or, or get to the free throw line. He's not going to give you anything defensively. And you, go ahead. You need one of Kyrie Irving or James Harden. You can't have both on the same team. I'm sorry. Yeah. We saw that with the OKC of 2011. That was with fucking Westbrook, Harden, and Durant, and they couldn't still pull it off. 
You need one of the two. You need two. I think that's more of the writing. And I know Daryl of our NBA podcast loves saying Kyrie's out. He's gone after whatever it takes. But, I mean, you just need to get one of them out there and then maybe you can get it to work. But just having both of them there, it's not going to work. So thank you, Brooklyn, for having the Sixers eliminate you at some point in the future for doing this trade. But, yeah, you guys were scary beforehand. Now you're a lot less scary, so it feels good for me. When we look at the NBA, you mentioned the Sixers. Who's your MVP right now, Embiid or Jokic? I mean, how much does points matter to you? How much does points matter to you? That's the biggest factor is Denver is winning without Jokic. The Sixers are barely crawling to beat a sub-500 team without Embiid. So, I mean, I said this to Devin and or to Daryl and Kevin. I fucking combined their names. Jesus Christ. Um uh, like a year ago where I was just like, if you had to tell me right now, who you're going to take Embiid or Simmons, it's Embiid. No questions asked. Hands down. He's the more game-changing player. So as long as we have him, we're fine. I mean, that's where the Simmons for Harden trade, I was trying to convince myself to be open to it, but that just defensive efficiency is just too much to ignore. Sam, what about you? I'll roll with Embiid too. I mean, I, Ben Simmons is like the only one or like one of the premier LSU players of or LSU basketball players of my lifetime. So I've kind of always followed him since he got to the Sixers. And I mean, Embiid, what he's doing right now, I, I, I think he's MVP right now. Show your love. <laughs> what, what is, what is this? The three? Show your love. That was like the old Sixers thing from pre-process theory where that's when Iggy and fucking Evan Turner and Spencer Hawes beat Joe Keem Noah and Derek Rose at the prime. That was like their slogan was show you love. That's that's kind of one of the best ones. That's Ohio State legend Evan Turner to you. Um. Yo, (laughs) this is a whole nother podcast about how terrible that (laughs) pick was for the franchise. I could go on for like maybe five minutes about that. So that's not for today. I had to do it to you, though. Um, so for me, this, this goes back to what is your definition of most valuable player? Is your most valuable player the Heisman, where it's the best player in the game? Or is it the Maxwell, where it's the most valuable player to your team? And if it's if it, to, to steal from college football, if it's the most outstanding player in the game right now, I think that goes to Jokic. I think he's more well-rounded. I think he scores more. But if it's the most valuable player to a team, then it's Embiid and it's not close. But I think that the voters have shown that it's that it's best player in the past, which is why LeBron does not get the award year in, year out. Because when you take LeBron, don't that's a podcast for another time for me. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, so if we're literally saying it's between Jokic and Embiid, that's a whole nother podcast because everyone else would be, yo, why isn't Giannis and LeBron? I haven't been impressed with Giannis this year. And LeBron, I, I, I just played into my own narrative because LeBron, I, I, LeBron has desensitized us. He, LeBron is so good year in and year out that his greatness is expected and his value is expected. Do not shake your head at me, Sam. <laughs> good Lord, I did not know I was getting on a podcast like this tonight. Oh my gosh, I, LeBron! I mean, you got again. Consider the fact that I'm from Cleveland. I I do believe that LeBron gets yeah, you should the award. What that? Should hate the guy. Dismantled your franchise. He got my only ring I've ever seen in my life. He gave me the only parade I've ever been to in my life. That man <laughs> could. Now nah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring Bella back into this. <laughs> no, I was about to Bella. say as as a completely neutral fan. Like LeBron probably has deserved to win it probably nine or ten times out of the five that he's actually done it. And mm-hmm. this season could be the one that you argue the most that he deserves it the least. And Giannis has won it back to back years where this season the Bucks aren't first. They don't have that go to mantra that they had to that the Bucks got them there, they're in first. They blew in the playoffs again. So be it he was the best regular season player. But that's where this season you got 
I mean, you can't discredit LeBron or Giannis from this competition. So this is one of the best MVP races in the NBA we've had in a while. Agreed. And, and that's, again, three tops NBA talk from me. But it is what it is. College football, Arif Gilbert going from LSU to Florida and, and maybe trying to become the next Kyle Pitts. Sam, you're a resident LSU guy. What are your thoughts on this move? You got no chest. Kid soft, kid soft. Okay, I mean, like he he was he put this excuse out into the ether that he was homesick. The kid's from Georgia and he transfers to Florida. What the hell is this? Like that was all some bullshit excuse for him to try to get like the oh woe is me, let me transfer and get no years taken off my eligibility excuse to the NCAA, and now he's going to. Uh, play football with Emory Blake or Emory Jones. That kid sucks. I watched him play. Like if if Dan, oh what's it, Dan Mullen? Yeah, yeah. If Dan Mullen plays Kyle Trask like the entire game against LSU in 2019, they probably beat us. But he decided to put in Emory Jones every like few. He had probably had some like recruiting promise to him that he had to fulfill, and now, like, <laughs> what do you think this is NCAA thirteen where you gotta give the guys what they asked for? I mean, it made no sense why I was playing it. Kyle Trask was like, boom, seventy five yards and a touchdown. Boom, seventy five yards and a touchdown. Every drive he was on, and then he just inexplicably throws in this freshman that had never started on the road. Tennessee was getting cash in McDonald's bags. I think that, that that any sense of logic has gone out the window in the NCAA right now. Oh, the NCAA is long overboard. Like, it, it's just done. It, actually, this year, because this is the year that Florida will start allowing players. You know what? I just figured it out why I went to Florida. Because Florida, this year. <laughs> Breaking news. This year. Breaking Florida news. Sam figured it out. Is allowing kids to. Make name or, or name, image, and likeness uh, money. So, makes sense. I just want to go behind the curtain. The, the for anybody listening, we just watched the Galaxy Brain meme in real time with Sam on that. The, the <laughs> cogs are turning up here. It just it just all clicked at once. So, Titan <laughs> U is now Florida Gators U. Or are you saying that Reed Gilbert just couldn't? Uh, couldn't uh, hang it out with uh, his current quarterbacks. Who the hell knows is going to start LSU? Because you convinced me to be an LSU fan last year. I won a lot of money on them last year. And now we got three, we got making me look great. a lot rough this year. We got three great options at quarterback. It's probably the most stable the quarterback room has ever been in my entire life at LSU. You're the Heisman winner. Huh? No, 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 stable, stable. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback I've ever seen. I'm saying the stability of the room. Like, okay, long-term stability. Yes, long-term stability. okay. Yes. No, there there will never be anyone greater. Believe me. I got two posters hanging right next to me of Joe Burrow, and I have a shirt on that has Joe Burrow on it. There will be no one better in my lifetime. All right, speaking into existence, week one, who's starting for LSU? Max Johnson. That's my pick as well. It's Miles Brennan. He's going to be a redshirt junior again because I can't even keep track with all the NCAA rule changes going on right now. But he had some oblique injury, and I don't think that – like it happened against Missouri in the fourth game of the season. They kept moving the goalpost back on his injury. And I don't know – like there are people saying he might not ever throw again. Oh, like, no. I mean, he could throw it, but just not like stay in a I football game right. and deliver it the way he needs to. So, I mean, Max Johnson, he came in, he beat Florida at Florida. That was a top ten team. The shoe game, the greatest one, of the greatest games I've ever, the greatest games I've ever watched. So, I mean, he gives you more than he gives you like the mobility and a good throwing arm. So. That's my shot. I do. I, that was going to be my exact reasons for my exact argument for Max Johnson. The only knock on him is lefty quarterbacks. Speaking as a left-handed person, lefty quarterbacks are stupid. He doesn't have a great deep ball, but many quarterbacks have proven you don't really need that to, to win games. Fair. 
All right, transitioning to golf, but not the golf you'd expect. I know everybody wants to talk about Patrick Reed and, and you know, him picking up the ball and, and, and giving himself a, a what's the, it's a, it's a winter lie, like a little winter rules lie, a little fluff your own ball. Um, but waste management coming up this weekend, no fans. Is it worth watching without fans? I My argument is no, it's not. What do you guys think? I mean, if you want to just watch some golf and warm weather and, like, get your mind out of the snowstorm that's going on in the Midwest and Northeast, sure, turn it on, think warm thoughts, enjoy it. But does it is it, like, the perfect lead-in to the Super Bowl that it normally is? No, not at all. This has lost a lot of its mojo. It's been the fans' tournament. It's been they show up, they make that one hole where they literally put the stadium right around – the green where it's just for electric city and they take it away. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, you'll probably still tune in for the waste management if you're a diehard golf fan or if you have any cash on the game. But other than that, you probably won't be tuning in prior to previous years. I just had a hypothetical pop in the head. How many shots does it take you to hit the green on and full blown atmosphere on 16? Whew. Well, For me, someone who doesn't have a handicap, it's going to take a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 170 shot. I mean, I love my pitch and putt, but still, I have zero <laughs> confidence in my game to lay it up perfectly like some of those guys do. So I'm the most amateur person who will never make a business deal done on the golf course type of person. All right, it's a 162 par three, straight with bunkers guarding it. I Tommy, there's no I, I shot if you thought you thought about it for this long. There's no shot you're making it. I, I, I was trying many, to walk through. Like, do you, how many shots do you need? Do you make it in ten? If you get ten shots, do you hit in it? Ten, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Oh no! Oh, you're saying ten t ball. Yeah, if you get 10 shots, how many times did you hit in the green? Once. In full stadium atmosphere. In full full stadium atmosphere, probably one out of 10. I honestly, I'm probably one out of 10 without the stadium. Like the first one misses, you're you're getting the booze. Then you get the next one that misses. Then the booze just keep coming and coming. I would play into that. I think I would play into that. I like, like there was, there was a clip of Rory that he addressed the ball and then stepped off and pumped the crowd. I'm like, dude, that is that's what golf needs. Golf needs more more number 16s at TPC and more uh what's the tournament? The fucking Ryder Cup. Oh yeah. Big time. That that's the only reason I like Patrick Reed, speaking of him, because of his twenty sixteen. No, I need more guys doing the dropping putts and going doing the I love me some me. Because that that there was nothing more electric than that moment. I think oh yeah, him and Rory, Cup, not Ryder Cup, but still. Him and him and Rory going back and forth is one of the greatest or one of the most fun moments I've had watching golf, maybe ever. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, right now I I hand you a press, I hand you two press passes, and it's straight Matrix style. You take the red pill, you take the flu pill. You get the Masters for one year, or a lifetime to waste management. Waste management. Rex? Uh, I mean, can you put a contingency that tire please? Because nope, I'm taking no contingencies. No contingency. I got to take the waste management. But if Tiger's full steam at that one, I have to take him because there's nothing more electric city, regardless of what we said. Yeah, but we said it with the McGregor. Tiger brings the most eyes. It's, it's electric city. I think okay. about it, though. So every Super Bowl week, you're going to Arizona, cooling in the desert, not having to shit, sit through shit weather in the Midwest or Northeast, and then you get back from the waste management and you're just watching the Super Bowl kick off. And you're Every year for the rest of your life. And you're eventually yeah. going to run into, a, into a, a, a Super Bowl in Glendale. Exactly. Yeah, I'm probably taking that too. I, yeah. I, I was going to take the Masters just to be the, the, the contrarian, but – you guys have talked me into it. I'm taking. You give me. You give me more. You give me more. More than one Masters. I'll consider it. 
but only one, and I'm not guaranteed that Tiger's winning it. Then. One every 10 years. How about that? Give me the green coat. It means more. Yeah. This is a binge, booze drunk, typical man's waste management open. Any goddamn clown can win that one. <laughs> I love it. All right. It's time to pay the troll toll. This is our, our weekly segment. This is going to be our, our, our either last segment or a wrap-up segment every week. It is somebody or something you want to troll, call out, something you did stupid. Sam, you lead us off, my friend. Well, LSU basketball still sucks. Um, this week, this weekend, it was uh, them giving up a 12-0 run in the final 59 seconds of a game in which they were up seven and then lost by five. Oh, and they were also plus four and a half at home. So it was extra brutal for your boy. And I know Rexy was on plus four and a half too. So it was it was absolutely brutal to watch. Yeah, I don't want to fucking talk about this game. That was goddamn miserable where, I mean, the so-called one whatever network you want to call them gave you a 95% chance of covering and they fucking end up losing covering. It's the second beat I've had this year of where a team fouls with one second or left on the shot clock or on the clock, whatever the fuck you want to call it. One second left. I've lost a bet with one second left because of fouls. It's goddamn miserable. Yes. Sam has diehard. It's much worse for him, but someone has just lost a bet for the weekend. It is what it is, but that was by far – SVP said it was on bad beats like 10 minutes after it was over. That's how I know it's bad. The, 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 it's the Stephen A. Smith pain meme embodied. Yeah, I mean, but like the foul – calling a foul with 0.8 seconds left on the clock, I want that I want that ref murdered. It should be waved off at that point, I feel. It should be, but like, like it, it, these it assholes got to know what the spread is going in. They can't be doing this. And UCLA, Colorado, same exact thing. Same exact thing happened to me. They know what it's at. It fucking happens. It's goddamn terrible. I mean, you have these these Joe Schmoes who have like regular businesses five days of the week, and they, then they just get to go and make altering money, like millions of dollars being exchanged. Like they get to alter that, and you don't think they have any action on it? Get the fuck out of here. Not wrong. Rex, you got a troll today? Nah, nothing for this week. College basketball is too many with too many top teams losing. So it's kind of just who's number three? That's the biggest troll toll is no one wants to be number three. Looks like it's Baylor Gonzaga, but let's see who could be number three because I'm all there for it. <laughs> all right. I got two tolls to pay. Number one is myself because I forgot how much I fucking love the X Games. And I found myself late Saturday and late Sunday just absolutely enthralled in the fucking Wendy's downhill super pipe mega slam fucking back 90 whatever. And god damn, I've done some skiing. I've done some snowboarding. Nothing on this level. But fuck, I forgot how much I love the X Games. The X Games for me were kind of just like, oh, that doesn't seem that impressive, but shit, they just got a 49 out of 50, so that's kind of where it really matters at the long run. I cannot ski. I cannot snowboard, so I'm not the appropriate person to be giving the so thoughts. How are you doing? It's not that impressive that they're doing flips and shit. Bro, they did like six spins, and that gets them a 49 out of 50. Like, uh, I feel like... One? No, I cannot do one. Can you get on the list? Yes, I I know how to get on the list. I'm not that stupid. Pizza, French fries. That's where my level is at. I mean, I used to stay. I used to be a big Sean White guy, and I used to like beg my parents to stay up late and like watch the X Games whenever he was in his prime. Like that shit was a lecture. He still competed. What? He's in this X Games. Oh come on, hang it up, bro. He can't be that. Like he must be down bad. He even, <laughs> he even he, so they were interviewing him. They were like, he's like, yeah, it's like, I'm the guy at the party. And I look around like, where'd everybody I came to the party with go? Like, yeah, bro, that's your cue to fucking leave. Dude, you're like 12 years removed from like being too old for the party. Like, come you know on. It's bad. You, you know it's bad 
when a guy who was the face of your sport, like Sam, name me another snowboarder. Couldn't do it. All right. That so the one snowboarder that anybody from probably age 23 to 37, I would say, can probably name, right? Is that a fair estimate? Yeah, probably. Okay, that dude in Cleveland. That's all I know because uh he did the 49 L50. So Tommy, <laughs> don't know your own city. Uh, is he from Cleveland, really? I don't know his last name's Cleveland. Oh, I thought but anyway. So at the end of this interview, he's like, yeah, I couldn't even get a board sponsor. So I made this one board out of my out of my, my niece. Like, bro, if you're the last one at the party and nobody not you're the face of the sport and nobody wants to throw you a board as a sponsor, probably time to tap out. Let's, let's get out of there, Sean. Yeah, when you have Signal as the person under your board where it's like the fake messaging app where you can't be tracked by <laughs> Big Brother, that's when you know. What was Mark's Cuban one? It was like something dust, like Stardust or something like that. Yep. Uh, all right. The other one is my dad because my dad just, I found out he's the ultimate troll. So my dad had an accident at work. He's been, he's been at home for the last two months and he is just itching to get beef with somebody. And it, it, the, the old saying, anybody can get it. Well, this, this one was my neighbor. Uh, again, it was like three houses down guys in violation of the u.s flag code and that's all i want to say about it and my dad's just sitting there stewing about this and he's like i i gotta go talk to him so he goes and knocks on the door guy doesn't answer my dad with a bum arm tries to change the flag himself and make it in accordance with the code he can't do it because he's got a bum arm so he comes home he's just sitting there stewing and he's like this is a, you can't do this. It's a violation of the flag code. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, Dad, what are you gonna do? He's like, I gotta, I gotta call somebody. So I'm like, what are you gonna do? Call the police? He's like, yeah, the non-emergency number. That's a good idea. And so he picks up the phone. Sure as shit. Twenty minutes later, there's two cops knocking on this guy's door, telling him he's in violation of the flag code. <laughs> and the the guy, I don't know what, but his the flag's still up, and my dad still sits there and stares at it every day and stews. So I'll give I'll, I'll give an update next week on, on the flag debacle, but but that's where that's, we're at. That's the but, ultimate like dad, like that's boss that's boss level dad right there, <laughs> like just sitting there stewing over a flag that has absolutely no effect on on your life other than being in your vision maybe for thirty seconds out of your goddamn day. That is boss level dad. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we need more dads like that. That that's a good dad moment right there. That yeah. We need my we dad need. texts me K. My your dad's fighting the people's <laughs> fight. So that's where we're at. I love it. All right. Uh anybody got a lock for the for the midweek? Give me through to Friday. What's our lock? All right. Tomorrow night, not a pretty one. One that may move against you. Hopefully not. This is recording Monday night, but Texas plus six. I mean, the team hasn't had anybody there. It's usually my protocol call of fading the team there, but Texas plus six against Kansas seems way too much on home court to give you there. There we go. Sam, you got a lock? Um, I don't, so if you don't have one, don't feel bad. Evergreen. This is an evergreen LSU basketball over. I think they play Alabama on Tuesday night, so uh, they're, they're probably going to hit 33s in this game. It'll be so much fun to watch. Take the over. Like, also, an evergreen Iowa basketball overs, I feel like, are pretty pretty solid lately. So, uh, one of the three is probably a valuable pick. Two of the three are just degenerate throwing out numbers. You can judge which is yours. Till then, get back to work. We'll see you later in the week. This has been episode one of The Break Room. I'm Tommy. He's Rex. He's Sam. We're out. See ya. We all say when I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom, just like a